Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, hermanos y hermanas, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Next Step Show. Aquí con tu conservative New Yorker, Peter Vesquez. O como lo decimos en español, sí, el show Próximos Pasos. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to talk to a guy. You've heard him here before. You've heard him on other shows on the WYSL stations before. So, you know what? Without further ado, let's bring in our guest, El Señor Marcus C. Williams, C. Candidate for New York State Assembly, 137th District. Bienvenido al Next Step Show, or al Show Próximos Pasos, Señor Marcus. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, it is exciting to have you on. Our conversations are always, always fun. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well, you know. Uh, thank you for asking. Got a lot of good stuff coming up, and um, I'm just very excited as we go into this new beautiful spring with all this great weather we've got. Absolutely. So, hey, b before we get too much into, you know, the interview with your campaign and so forth, I, I wanted to ask you to define a word for me first. Could you do that? Or would you sure. be willing to do that? All right. So, so the word yeah. that I'd like you to define and, and is, is the word community. What does the word community mean to you? It means to come together in unity. Um, it, to me, it's a conjunction. One of those things where you put two words together, and that's what I, I see that as. Community means a local network of individuals that are like a collective family, even though they might be uh, different mothers, different fathers, and different people all together. It's, uh, it, it's community is uh, fellowship with your neighbors and people that care about the area that you live in, and care about the same things because it doesn't have to just be a geographic region it can be people that are like-minded individuals that share your same thoughts on different issues to, to to further that if i may can community be defined by politics um i suppose that it could be it probably shouldn't be right because that that's a little bit div divisive and community is very can be very diverse diverse um and i know that's a word that people just kind of throw around these days but really people in your community don't always agree on everything they don't always see share the exact same viewpoint on everything but most people generally want to go in the same direction to a positive uh to a positive direction Gotcha. So I asked that only because you had mentioned in your description, your definition of community, uh, you used the, the word collective, um, right? And, and I wanted to, to define that because collective is, it, it's kind of a political word, is it or not? Am I wrong here? What do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's one of those words, again, that's become very politicized. Unfortunately, for too long, we've moved away from our more so traditional definitions and even, I'd say, traditional values that our nation was found, founded upon. 
And that's something that we really need to get back to is focusing on the greater good, I would say, the good of us all, which is for me personally, less government interference and more of the people in the community coming together to be able to help each other while the government stays out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000. Today on the Next Step Show, we have Marcus Williams, candidate for New York State Assembly, 137th District. Give us a call. Ask him the hard questions because, hey, guess what? We have to because if we don't, how are we making sure that the people that we're electing are the people we really want there? So 346-3000. Hey, Marcus, tell tell our listeners and, and me... Right. Tell us about your journey. Right. I want to know who Marcus C. Williams is, but I want to know who Marcus C. Williams is uh, before you became the Marcus C. Williams you are today. So, well, wow. You see the tough questions right off the bat. So in my formative years, some of the big influences on me were my grandmother and grandparents, as well as the church. I grew up in the church, and that's where I get a lot of my core values and principles from. I know some people have had sordid experiences with the church, you know, but um, you're not going to blame an orchestra for messing up Beethoven, right? Um, it, I mean, you're not going to blame Beethoven for an orchestra messing up his music, and, and that's kind of the point that I look at it from. But with that good base and that good foundation of showing very positive, strong work ethic and a sense of family and really caring. Um, that was important in my formative years. I went through school. I always love education, I always learning still to this day, right? We're eternal learners. That's the way you should be. Um, I always loved learning and engaging with people and helping people was a very big thing. Uh, for me, uh, one of my greatest joys is teaching people skills that I know. And that's actually one of the businesses that I've gone into for myself, which is consulting, where I can teach people how to help master where they can see themselves going. It's about being able to master your own potential, and I love to help people grow in that direction. Um, right out of high school, I work. Well, I've been working since I've been thirteen. Um, honestly, before that, I was working. You know, as selling candy in school, even though we weren't supposed to. Uh, you know, consummate entrepreneur. Um, after school, I worked a little bit for some other people at various different businesses um, at different capacities. And then not too long after that, I went into business for myself, um, started open my first um, brick and mortar store on Chai Lions, Chai Lion Thurston right there on the corner there. Uh, and that's what really started to spur me into being who I am. And from there, I ended up getting into politics because I didn't like the direct. I'm a Southwest native of the city. I didn't like seeing the direction that my city was going, that my neighborhood, my community was going. And I know a lot of people were very concerned and still are very concerned. And just to see the complete dilapidation, depletion, and, and, and disregard for my neighborhood and my community by our elected officials, that's what really sparked and ignited me to get involved in politics. Born and raised here in Rochester? Originally, I um, was born in Brooklyn, um, but I've been in Rochester since I was about five. Gotcha. And same area, General? The, the same area you're running for? 
same area. I'm, listen, I'm a lifelong Southwest native, essentially, uh, although I did spend a year on the Northwest. And let me tell you, I'm glad to be back on the Southwest. That's that's n- n- no insults to, to the Northwest or uh, anybody else that feels some type of way. But um, I just love it. It's my home. You know, this is where all, I've attended all schools. This is where I've grown up at. And it's I, I love it. It's the place that I call home, where I hang my hat. Absolutely. And I can relate to that. I mean, I grew up right there in the 14621 area, 14604, 05, 07. I mean, right there on the east side of the lake, uh, excuse me, of the river. Um, which your district seems to be pretty diverse in that way. Looking at the map, uh, the 137th Assembly District goes down, goes west as far as Manitou Road, uh, north as far, I think, as... What's that, uh, Lexington or, or North Greece Road on one side? Uh, and then mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, what is that, Brooks Avenue over by the airport? Surround, and then it goes all the way to the east side of the river, um, and it picks up the 146 to 1 area. Um, pretty much the entire core, the entire urban center is, rep- is represented by this yes. district, correct? I mean, for the most part, I know you got... Uh, 138th that comes in a little and uh, a couple other ones that kind of overlap some of the city parts, but 137th has the urban center all to itself, right? Right. So basically what I've got is I've got the whole town of Gates. I love Gates. Everybody out there is fantastic and wonderful. And I've got everything on the southwest side of the city, like you said, from Lexington, all the way down to Genesee Park down there. And then I've got all of Center City and everything on the uh, northeast from East Main Street all the way back up to Norton. Um, It's filled with a diverse group of individuals with diverse ideas and life histories. But honestly, we all share a lot of commonality in that we care about our communities, we care about our family, and we care about the direction for our future. So can you talk to, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, that district, because it is pretty diverse. Can you describe the culture, the demographics of that district a little? Yeah, certainly. So we've got a, on, we've got a large selection. Honestly, we've probably got the highest number of, um, I guess you'd say, Latino um, Americans in, in Rochester, in my district, which is phenomenal. Um, always great stuff going on over there, largely in the Northeast. But we also have the largest number of, what would you say, working of people that are um, in the working, what would you call that? The middle class, right? The working class, Mm -hmm. you know, in the working class that are black and those that are in poverty. We've got a good number of those as well. That we do. Hey, when we come back, I want to ask you a question in regards to the politics and kind of the current state of this district. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't you dare turn that dial. Por qué? Porque tu conservative Neorican tiene more to talk to you about. So don't go nowhere. We'll be right back after these few messages right here in the WISL stations. No cambie ese dial.
In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the Voice of Liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Welcome back to the Next Step Show, ladies and gentlemen. Aquí to conservative New Yorkian, ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000. We have Marcus C. Williams, candidate for the New York State Assembly, 137th District. Thanks for hanging with us, Marcus. Um, hey, Keith, thanks for calling El Show Proximos Pasos. Uh, yes, uh, up front, I can tell honestly that both of you gentlemen are respectable and you obey the law. And right at the end there, Mr. Williams was describing his uh, constituary, and so far as his constituents, uh, as being uh, basically hardworking and uh, really try and do on a daily basis what I guess all of us are called upon to be exactly that, functioning American citizens. But I want to ask a question and then uh, give an example. Why is it that all of these groups, insofar as the feeling and the atmosphere in the city is one of tension and even fear, my comment is I know someone who just very recently started working downtown, and unfortunately the new employer does not really, uh, to say it, guarantee the safety of the vehicles of the employees. Uh, there have been uh, in the area of vandalism, not to overstate it, but it's been there. Uh, so to draw this together, if uh, there is really respect responsibility uh, among the constituents there, why the prevailing fear, the atmosphere of fear and not knowing what to expect. You, anyone, when you're downtown, even have to look over your shoulder. Now, someone would say, well, downtown is pretty safe, but uh, certainly when it comes to parked cars, even during the, the daytime, there are problems. So 
to bring this together in closing. Uh, where where are we falling down? Certainly in what I'm calling even deliberately the fear, at least in the atmosphere, that something could happen, and we can't allay that, even though, in Mr. Williams' words, the majority of his people are good and working and do obey the law themselves. What's going on with a perception in the city that things are even the V word, violent? Well, that that's a great question. Thank you so much, Keith. Um, I guess, should I be 100% honest? All the time. You know, the fact of the matter is, is it is very violent. We had multiple shootings last night. Um, the, the thing is this right here is what the problem is. The majority of the community and everybody in the 137 just wants to be able to live, raise their family, and continue on undisturbed. However, through the leadership of the elected officials, both on the city level and on the state assembly level, they have put in place laws and policies that have not only encouraged violence and crime, but they have induced it because they have put in place laws like raise the age and bail reform, which pretty much allows anybody to get out of jail or not even go to jail, just get an appearance ticket. And if you're under if you're under 18, you basically will get no type of time for anything because you'll be charged as a juvenile no matter how serious the offense. And these are all laws that have been put in by the state assembly, which I would be looking to amend so that we can make it actually functional for the community because that's the issue with our elected officials right now. They have forgot that they serve the people. The people are concerned about the crime. The people don't feel safe walking to the store or walking to their car. And like you said, your friend to the business that they're working at. That's not okay. How is that supposed to bring more businesses into our city to encourage economic prosperity? And that's something that we need to look at more, frankly, just open-eyed. It's too many people are looking at things with rose-tinted glasses, and they'll tell you everything is fine or these laws are great and nothing needs to change. But if you're here on the ground, just the other week, two weeks ago, they shot up my neighborhood. Eight houses on my street were shot up. It wasn't in the news. It wasn't anywhere. So this is real, and it's impacting us on a continual daily basis, and our current state assembly people and our city council people are not doing anything to address the crime except basically allowing criminals to run wild. And when you hear them in response, they try to make you believe that we live in rose petals and and warm, foofy stuff. Hey, Keith. Oh, hey, Dan. Sorry about that. Dan, thanks for calling the Next Step Show. You bet. Thanks, fellas. Hey, uh, you touched on uh, selling candy in school. I did that myself. And <laughs> All I right. My, I had my first uh, brush with interference with government when the principal decided that that wasn't a good thing. And he put the kibosh on that. He put in an apple machine. And after a year or so of uh, probably 90% of rotten apples, they pulled that. 
but I still couldn't get back on my bicycle with that. Anyway, uh, a couple of different things in regards to uh, New York State. New York State, my local uh, representative uh, claims to be in favor of creating a new state of Western New York, although he never talks about it. It's the only good idea I've ever seen out of him. Uh, I, I, I wonder what your, your thoughts are on that. Another, another thing I'd like to touch on is um, Audit New York and whether or not there's anything that you can do to, to help facilitate the, um, the um, investigation of the information that they have provided to different entities who have gone nowhere with it. Um, seemed like there was one more thing, but uh, uh, I, if you'd like me to hang on, I will. If you just want to answer the questions, yeah. that'd be great. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So as far as um, dividing New York, that's been a conversation that's been going on for some years because, unfortunately, far too often what we see is because of the population density of New York State uh, and it being mainly focused in New York City, New York City dictates to the rest of the state a lot of their whims, which we do not share. And and that's a very serious issue. Now, it's to my understanding that there would have to only not be sign-on from the individual counties, but it would also have to be passed in the uh, state assembly and the state senate and signed by the governor to actually um, separate the state into separate into separate states. And then... I believe it's the federal government has to sign off on that as well. Um, It is. It really is. To the second part, as far as the audit New York stuff, I'm going to say this very frankly. Whether you're Democrat or Republican or independent, it doesn't matter. All of us are concerned about the integrity of our elections, and we want to make sure that everything is being done properly. Um, we're in a situation where so many people have been seeing the same results from policy and elected officials so much continuously that they've basically given up faith in the election system, not to mention other issues that we've seen various times and concerns that have never been allayed. So I would say, what if when elected, what could I do with the Audit New York stuff? I'd push for them to actually do a listening session throughout the counties, a listening tour throughout the counties to see what the different constituents feel are the actual issues and concerns with the elections and then put together a panel in the Board of Elections that is made up of independent citizens to actually look into some of this stuff. And it would also help the Board of Elections be able to show people, say, hey, this is how we do things. What might you think we could do different? And hopefully it can give some sense of peace to the people because we need the concept of integrity restored to our elections, but people just don't believe whether it is or not. AuditNY.com, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to check out that website that is real data, that is real information brought together to you um, by Citizens Audit and why we've had uh, um, we, we've had them on the show um, and, and listen great stuff we'll have them on again uh, Marcus did you know that that 
Marley with AuditNY.com or uh, yeah, AuditNY.com took that information to the state police. The state police deemed that that was uh, that there was potential treason. If they can, you know, if it's real, um, they send it to the FBI. And guess what happened? It, nothing happened, right? They just nothing. sat on it. So, so let me ask you here, real quick. What um, this, New York State and the Assembly, I believe, has been under one-party control for nearly 50 years, correct? That's true. And as it stands right now, that same party controls the entire state house from top to bottom with a supermajority. Is that correct? 100%. Is there any reason whatsoever, any whatsoever, right, from your perspective, that, uh, that the state can't do things like uh, like say, hey, we're going to look into this uh, election issue that been brought to our attention. Is there any reason? Why, is there any barriers to that? None. None at all. As a matter of fact, through the powers that they have, they can unilaterally go and vote on and create legislation for reform, even if the Republicans didn't want it. Correct. That is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Marcus C. Williams, candidate for the New York State Assembly, right here on the Next Step Show with your conservative New Yorican. Hey, no te vaya. We'll be right back. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the Next Step Show uh, with your conservative New Yorican. Bob, thanks for that bumping. You know that me libere means I have freed myself. That's what me libere, me libere means. So this song is saying I freed myself, I freed myself. And ladies and gentlemen, today our guest Marcus C. Williams candidate for New York State Assembly, 137th District. He's here to help us take our next steps in November 5th so that we can be liberated. Alan, thank you for calling the Next Step Show or El Show Proximos Pasos. <laughs> oh, great. I don't know what you just said. Ah, so I just translated the, the name of the show, which is Next Steps to Spanish, which is Proximos Pasos. Wonderful. And I also like the song that you usually play at the end of the show where they say something about niñas. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Soy cara de niño that says, uh, I have a face of a boy, but the, but the soul of a man. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a great song. Anyway, I just want to thank Marcus for coming on. I want to say he's somebody that always replies to questions, and he's just got so much information and he seems to be everywhere i met him in a patriot picnic like years ago and he told me to check out his facebook page and i did and ever since i've been checking that out he's a wealth of information he gives a lot of videos on what's going on today and how he intends to correct those problems as an assemblyman and i think he should be president someday but marcus i just want to say hi hi ellen yeah, it's good to hear from you, and I'll let you go so you can keep talking and answering these tough questions. Uh, thank Absolutely. you so much, and for all your support. Absolutely. Ellen, thank you for calling. 
Uh, and yes, tough questions. Even though I do know Marcus, even though I consider him a friend, uh, we run in the same circles. Shoot, we even grew up in the same neighborhoods. I'm, I'm a little older than him on that one, so I, I grew up in the neighborhoods when, when I was able to walk the street, and, and I've seen it decline. But, you know, that leads me to my question, because I do want to make sure that we have the opportunity to talk about some of the core issues that I see that are dear to me that I believe are in your platform. Ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000, your questions matter. Hold his feet to the fire. That's why I bring these politicians on, because if they can't answer or they end up being a fool later, you know I'm going to call them a joker. And if they're in the governor's house, you know they're going to be a hocus-pocus, although hocus-pocus is kind of special for... uh, uh, well, for hocus pocus. But I want to talk about affordable housing. And, and the thing is, is, the affordable housing seems to have gotten a, uh, a bad uh, uh, reputation, I think. Again, I want to remind our listeners, and, and, and you should remind everybody that you talk to, listeners, that New York State, the city of Rochester, has been under one-party control like almost exclusively for a really, really, really long time, right? They can blame Republicans in the county. They can blame, well, they can't blame Republicans in the city because aside from Lonesome Charlie, there hasn't really been one there. Uh, They can blame all these things, but it is exclusively their policies, period. There's no way to argue it. And like we've said before, when it comes to the issue of housing, hocus pocus, and, and, and her delegation can literally, literally wave a pen or sign a piece of paper and provide the funding that's needed today. There is not one Republican in the Assembly or the Senate that would argue with that. And even if they did, it doesn't matter because they have full control with the supermajority. Three, four, six, three thousand. So check it out, Mr. Marcus. Here in Monroe Kearney, um, nearly half of renters in, in Rochester spend more than 30% on their income, right? Uh, New York State, um, there's about, uh, yep, New York State has the highest rate of homelessness in the United States to over, what is it, 92,000 people just in 2020. H- how are you and your plan, first of all, acknowledge the issue is real, and how are you going to deal with it, especially in a state house that isn't going to be friendly to you um, because just because? Well, the first thing is, like you said, a lot of people have gotten a bad taste in their mouth over the concept of affordable housing because it's a lie, right? Like they t- it's a complete misrepresentation uh, when the state says, oh, we're going to put some affordable housing here or affordable housing there or whatever. And using my district specifically a- as the example here. We have about 75 to – actually, I think in my, my area specifically, I, th- I think if, if without Gates, no offense to Gates, but just for the, uh, for the more important part of the question. Illustrative um, purposes? For illustrative purposes, yeah. Um, there's probably about 85% of the people in the district are, re- are renting. If you add Gates on there – it knocks it down to about 70-something. But, see, this is a very serious issue. We hear them talk about affordable housing. Where's the money, right? Where's the money? They throw all of this money at these so-called, quote-unquote, affordable housing projects, but they're not really affordable housing. They're income-based, so it doesn't mean that somebody that's working class can get in there. They can put somebody in there that's more affluent. It's just a portion of their income. 
So it's like they're playing in our face, but worse than that, because of the way that regulations and stuff are and the fact that the way that they do the contracts and stuff, we've got a development that's going up not far from here. Each unit for that they're calling affordable housing are going to be about $500,000 per unit. Let me say that again. $500,000 per unit the state is putting in there. Listen, the average home cost right now in my district, if we do the whole, uh, what do they call it, market value nonsense that the city is doing right now is probably going to be about $160,000, okay? Realistically, the majority of the houses in the area, most people in the neighborhoods and communities will consider them to maybe, maybe be $100,000, but $500,000 for one small apartment unit and you're going to tell me that that's affordable housing? That's irresponsible to say the least. We need to be pushing for deregulation when it comes to that. And we need to be championing for home ownership because $500,000, that's five whole houses, single family houses that could be put people in. So Come on right, now. Right now, the state government says that there are, uh, they're working in partnership with various entities uh, to include substantial investment. However... Um, we also know that Hocus Pocus recently said she's going, well, she didn't come out and say it. She keeps talking about investment into state properties. Um, but she's actually putting funding away from housing initiatives. And I know this doesn't impact your district per se, but you will be deciding and, and casting votes that will impact statewide. Right now, rural America um, has a significant issue with homelessness and affordable housing uh, units to include just affordable housing, period, right? Um, what would you do or what could you do to be able to look at the broader picture of housing in New York State to address the issue of homelessness and to fight the governor on, uh, on reducing any, any, any further investment or increasing investment uh, in rural and urban centers? Because it isn't just the urban. I mean, well, Rochester's the largest city in the county, um, but New York State has more than just one county and many rural areas. They don't like the rural areas. They're trying to eviscerate the rural areas, and, and, and they're creeping in on erasing the suburbs, too. It's a very serious issue. They do have some programs with the um, federal government as far as loans and stuff like that for rural areas uh, to build homes and stuff like that. But honestly, it's not enough of a focus because the state's current focus is trying to cram everybody into the cities. That's what they want so that they can have easier control over you and limit where you can go and know where you are at all times. Unfortunately, there is too much government overreach and they want too much control over your life. And I'd love to see more investment put into rebuilding our once glorious rural areas like one of the big issues for me out in those type of places is agriculture and what the state is doing to evis eviscerate our agricultural history and our farmland we need to eat food that's yeah. where food comes from i like food <laughs> so, so let's talk let's talk eviction rates because rochester has uh, a, a relatively really high eviction rates but we also know that in the state um, right now, they're working to try to pass, and it, it, it hasn't really uh, stuck yet, but it's gaining speed, and that's the good cause evictions, which basically it eliminates it, so you can't really evict people. Um, they're also pushing another law, another bill, uh, to make it mandatory for people 
to be given an attorney. So in essentially creating a whole public defender's office specifically for evictions. Um, what do you, what are your, what's your take on that? The government is interfering in far too much of our day-to-day lives and businesses. That's my take on it. But to um, go into it further, and but keep it simple at the same time, all of this is because they don't want to actually spend our money frugally and the way that it necessarily needs to be spent. They see that people are suffering because of the horrible policies that they force upon businesses when it comes to pay and stuff. They see that New Yorkers are suffering under one of the heaviest tax burdens in the nation. But do they care in our in, in, in our state assembly right now? No, of course not, because that means they'd actually have to value you as an individual. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I want to tell you all that are listening right now that you are important and you matter to me. You matter. Do you have do you have landlords that are friends? Yes, I do. Wonderful. Tell me something. Are you going to stand with them and all landlords throughout the state to try to debunk and continue to debunk this good cause or the elimination of good cause evictions? I'm going to not only am I going to do that, which I will most assuredly stand with them on that. I'm also going to focus on housing and getting people into home ownership because we know that that's the way to build generational wealth and create investment in the community as a stake. Hey, one of the things that the state claims for housing issues uh, is, well, racial disparities. So when we get back, I want you to tell me all about that. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to your conservative New Yorican right here on WISL. Mira, no te vayas, okay? Because I'll be right back in unos minutos. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at OpendoorMission.com. Has your favorite pizza place been letting you down? Try Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery in Avon. Not only is their pizza amazing, but their full menu and bakery has something for everyone. Livingston County Pizza Company and Gluten-Free Bakery, Avon. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Next Steps with Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. You can never surrender. 
No, absolutely not, ladies and gentlemen. Never surrender. Why? Because that's what makes America the best place in the world, that Americans never surrender. Ladies and gentlemen, God, country, family. That isn't a political statement. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a fact. All right? Welcome back to the Next Step Show. We have Marcus C. Williams for us. Marcus, before break, I asked you about, um, well, I asked you about uh, racial uh, disparities and that that's leading to uh, the, the, the housing issues. Again, one-party control for nearly half a century. If there's any racial inequalities, it kind of makes sense that it's coming from them. I mean, what do I know? 100%. I'm just a, a simple guy. You know what? Some would even say, oh, you know what? You're just a, 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 dumb, a, a dumb Puerto Rican from the city who grew up in the ghetto who knows nothing. Yeah, well, guess what? Most of us aren't. So we know. We ask the questions. Check this out. The state says that not only increasing the supply of affordable uh, units, but also improving housing quality, enhancing tenant protections, and ensuring ec- equitable access is what fixed it. But what I don't hear in any of the rhetoric that's coming out of the state in regards to housing is how do we fix the culture? How do we help those individuals go from living in affordable housing to home ownership? Can you address those racial disparities and and why? I mean, I think you're a black guy, right? (laughs) I'm a black American through and through. My family has taught roots to this country as aboriginal as the continent has been a whole. Um, So, yeah, so to address that, it's really serious disparities as far as the black community um, in in Rochester. And it's crazy because, like you said, 50 years of solely Democrat rule. And this is what we've got. Uh, The society and the communities that have been black communities have continuously lost more land. They've lost more businesses and they've lost more housing. It's absolutely abhorrent because you can see this. In action is the policies of the Democrats that are in power, and it's not acceptable, and they don't talk about home ownership. The educational system is completely devoid of any financial literacy or participation in government because they don't want you to know how you can achieve. They don't want you to be able to better yourself, and that's why we see the deteriorating and not just the housing stock, but in the numbers as far as home ownership go. And it's not acceptable because people will say, oh, well, you know, there is an issue here and we want to help the black people or, or the Hispanic people, but the policies that you put in matter. And if every single thing that you're doing is so-called well-intended, but it ends up with a negative result, what are you really doing? Absolutely. Check this out. Sixty-one uh, percent of children in New York, yeah, children in New York State live in poor or low-income households. Um, also, the it, it's this report that I'm reading. It says the higher poverty rates among people of color compared to white individuals point to systemic inequalities. I, again, I've got to ask. This state has been under one-party control for nearly half a century, sir. So, so. From your perspective, right, um, economic justice, 
I mean, where are we going as a society if we're continuing to look at things through skin color? But before you answer that, let me just reiterate something that Catherine Davis, the founder of, Rest- of the Restoration Project, I had her on the show yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Catch it on podcasts. You will love it. But she agreed, and she, she said it. I've said it a bunch of times, too. The black community, right, because of abortion alone, is heading directly to extinction. That's a fact by CDC and Planned Parenthood numbers. That was confirmed by Katherine Davis again, uh, who, who, who headed uh, a program called uh, in, uh, Endangered Species, I think is what, where they had billboards with, you know, just showing different things. We talked about it yesterday. But from that perspective, is there such a thing as economic justice, or can there be? There could be a such thing as economic justice. One of the big things that people talk about right now is race, and I think that's an unfortunate way to look at it because while it largely is race, what it is is socioeconomic status, and it's no coincidence that black people tend to have a higher concentration of poverty or struggling as far as it goes and tends to be lower on the socioeconomic levels because of the way that the policies have been input by the Democrat Party, which take blacks and Hispanics for, I mean, for saps, right? They completely take us for granted. They say that they care. They say that they're going to do something, but everything they do is counterproductive. They never deliver on anything, and they're just like, oh, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me, and then you don't see them anywhere ever again unless it's to pop up for a photo op. If we want something like economic justice, it has to start with educational opportunity and actual schools that are going to produce people that can read, write, do basic math, and actually have the options for vocational training and job placement, which is completely devoid from our school system now. And then they wonder why people don't see a better way forward or can't get a good paying job. And all of this also ties back into crime. Again, it's largely the education system that has been erased so that we continue to suffer. They know. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, well, that and they're trying to change history. I mean, well, they, oh, don't get I, me I started on rewriting recently, history. I read something recently where they were even trying to portray, or, or no, they weren't portraying her. They were, they were putting into question the validity of Margaret Sanger's um, a push to eradicate the black and disabled cult, uh, uh, population. Is that not insane? It's absolutely insane. She was a known eugenicist and a Nazi sympathizer who said that she wanted to eradicate the black population. And then you wonder why there are Planned Parenthood clinics also close near black neighborhoods and that the majority of the people are continuously disproportionately affected by that. Our black individuals have the highest abortion rate per capita. It's 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 not acceptable. But that, I'd like to say, goes into the fact that we need to provide and focus on providing more resources for parents that may be struggling, for people that come up with an unsuspected pregnant, unexpected pregnancy. We need to be providing resources for them. And that's what's not happening right now. They are looked at as third class citizens and we need to provide them the support and not just the support. We should be encouraging people to have more children because even Chuck Schumer said himself, we're not having enough kids, so that's why we should let illegal aliens in. I know, I thought that funny, but yet he's the biggest promoter of abortion, even though he Absolutely. himself doesn't read of it. Yesterday, Catherine Davis, 
uh, Catherine Davis pointed out that in the black community, a black woman, uh, black woman would have to start having two point, I think it was 2.5 or 2.6 babies, almost back to back, just to be able to keep the pace um, where you're at now um, because of abortion and abortion alone. Do you know that abortion has killed, uh, if you take all the ills, all the health concerns, drinking, all that stuff, you put all that together, the amount of babies that are black that are dying as a result of abortion far exceed that. Marcus, what next steps advice quickly can you give for our customers, or Jeepers, for our listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for next step, I tell you, you know, you got to start getting civically engaged. Today starts the point in which people will go out to collect signatures to get on the ballot. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, we're trying to get some people on the ballot, will you sign for them? That's what that is. It's not about saying that you're going to vote for them. It's just saying that you want to see them get the chance to get on the ballot. Um, If you want to find out more about me, you can find me on Facebook, Marcus C. Williams for Rochester, or you'll find one of my other pages, Marcus C. Williams. I'm on Instagram, Marcus, the number four, ROC. I'm on Twitter, Marcus for ROC. You'll find me. I'm out there. Just search my name, and I'm always responsive. Marcus, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on. Like Elaine mentioned, you are definitely a dynamic individual. Don't give up the fight. Uh, Keith, Dave, and Ellen, thank you for calling today. Ladies and gentlemen, say it with me. Leadership is the beacon that guides me. It's through selfless service that I eliminate the way for others to find their own greatness. Hey, Advertise with us. Be a leader. Que tengan una semana bendecida. Until tomorrow. And hey, nunca te olvides. El conservative New Yorkian siempre te amamos. Te amamos.